What's up, guys? Zach Castillo's here. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being here again, checking out yet another episode. And I just got back from Montana. Went for my second trip here recently and was out there scoping out some opportunities and, and meeting some people and just trying to get a few balls rolling and some things moving as it relates to, you know, eventually our move over there and and the expansion of, of what we do for work and I got to say, as you can see, I'm, I'm rocking, if you're watching this, I'm rocking the Montana hat. And maybe, maybe if you're from Montana, you think that's weird. But listen, if you're like me and you're from Washington and you go to Montana or you go to Idaho or you go to Texas or you go to Florida or you go to Tennessee or some of these other places that still live in some, some realm of normal, you would understand that for us, you know, rocking the hats or the shirts or... Maybe some of you have gone as far as to get tattoos. It it does mean something to us. It it, it represents freedom. It represents normal life. It, it represents the reality that while those folks in those states are dealing with the same the same sickness that we are here, they're handling it much differently, and and their outcomes from a medical standpoint really aren't any different. I don't say any different, but they're not substantially different, and yet their lives the way that they're able to live their lives are completely different. And, and it represents something that is worth, at least in my opinion, rocking a hat for. So Montana, thank you. Idaho, thank you. And all those other states out there that, that are standing up for freedom, standing up for what America was founded on. Thank you. And, and I know that some of those words may offend some people or frustrate people, or maybe you have a different opinion and that's totally fine. And, and you're certainly entitled to that. That's my perspective, and I think that's the perspective of so many people that I know who who are fleeing this these kinds of policies and and, and edicts and states, and it's really sad to watch. And, and it was sad the other day to watch all those firefighters, all those police officers, all those state patrol folks, all the all those medical heroes be essentially just pushed aside because you know. The government doesn't want them to have a choice in how they live their life. And I, I listen, if you want to get that medical procedure or if you don't want to get the medical procedure, that's okay. At least it should be okay. And it's really sad to watch what's happening. And I got to tell you this story. It's, it almost doesn't sound r real, but so I'm in Montana. I've been there a few days, Sunday rolls around and my wife says, Hey, I found this church online and I think you should go check it out. And we had some other friends that recently went to Montana to check things out in Kalispell as well. And, and they actually went to the church and said it was great. So I said, yeah, sure, I'll check it out. And so I show up Sunday morning and, and I tried to get there early, but we had a really late night the night before and I was hitting the early service. And so rolling out of the out of the Airbnb a few minutes later than I had hoped. And, and so I, I pull into the church and I walk in and they've already kind of got worship going and the first songs kind of rocking and rolling and this no joke. So I walk into the sanctuary and the first words I hear is the chorus of a song that says, this is what freedom looks like. This is what freedom feels like. And, and I walk in and it's like, I'm seeing people live normally. And that was the first words I heard. And I almost got a little teary there because how true is that? And so so the crazy part, I, I go into this church service and that's the first words I hear. And then 
the pastor gets up and and I thought he gave a good message. And one of the parts, I would say the main part of his message was that, and, and listen, I'm backing up a little here, but I hear, you know, we've heard this so many times and yet I find for myself, and maybe you can relate to this. So often I get so caught up in what I'm trying to do and what I'm trying to accomplish and where I'm trying to go and what I'm thinking about that like subconsciously almost I forget or I lose sight of the whole purpose of everything. And, and, and the message that he shared that I thought was quite powerful and especially for me and especially as I embark on doing these, these videos and these podcasts, whatever you want to call them is like, we're called to serve and it's, it's sort of the self, it's our selfishness, it's our self-centeredness that really separates us from, from God and from, from others and, and from what we've called, been called to do and be in this life here and today. And I couldn't help but think, like, it's, it's not always easy to try and figure out what you're going to talk about every time you want to come out and you want to do a video or you want to record an audio or you want to put something on social media. And I think so often it's because, like, like I said, even subconsciously, you're thinking about, well, how will this be perceived? Or what if I don't have something to say? Or, or you know, what if I come across the wrong way? And, and, and even in me just saying that, the key, excuse me, the key word was I. And it's like so easy to get focused on, on I, on me, and to lose sight of the fact that hopefully we're doing what we're doing. And, and the reason we're doing what we're doing, no matter what it is, is to serve and to help other people. And so for me, it was just such a great reminder and sort of a, like a snap back, like a snap me back into reality to say, you know, really whatever we do, whether it's for work or whether it's for fun, whether it's, you know, in our families or whether it's in our individual individuality, it's if we can focus on this idea of service and serving others and helping others and and being there for others and supporting others, then ultimately in the end, right, we'll, we'll hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. And I think even in the short term, in the here and the now, we'll know that we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. And so with that, I would say that what I want to do in this episode, which I think is going to be a lot shorter than than pretty much all the other episodes I've done thus far, is to say, I really want to come through on that. I, I do want to serve and I want to, I want my videos, my, my podcasts, my social media, whatever it might be. I want it to be about helping other people, helping you. And so I just want to put out there, if, if you're watching this or you're listening to this and there's something or some things that, that you're interested in that you think that I could help with, that maybe you have a question, maybe, maybe it's about real estate, maybe it's about business, maybe it's about faith, maybe it's about family, whatever. I, I don't know what, what someone else perceives me as having the ability to help with, but if you have something that you would like me to talk about or that you would like to talk to me about that you think I could help with, if you could just reach out to me, whether it's in the comments section, whether it's uh, in a private message, a text message, a, a phone call, an email, whatever. I would love to hear what is it that that resonates the most with you, that that you feel is the most valuable, that you feel is the most helpful that I share or have shared that maybe you would like to hear more about, that, that maybe you would like me to expand upon because I just don't want to do this. I don't want to do these. Just constantly thinking about what do I want to share or, or how am I going to come across? I, I really 
honestly would like to answer questions, questions that you have, things that, that you might think that maybe I have the ability to help with or shed some light on, because really that's, that's the whole point of all this, the whole point of this. And, and even the things that I've shared thus far have really been about things that I've learned or that have spoken to me that I think maybe might be helpful for other people. And I think, you know, I've gotten feedback that they have. Uh, I did get some feedback from somebody who really seems to have a hard time with the fact that I bring my faith up in these as, as much as I do and seem pretty frustrated, like, you know, faith should be separate and, and, and maybe by me bringing my faith into these things, it's making them less effective or credible or whatever it might be. And, and I would just say, when it comes to this idea of service, when it comes to this idea of serving, which I think I've mentioned in the, in the past, it's like, listen, I could teach you everything I know about money, everything I know about how to make money in real estate, everything I know about investing. And all those things might be fruitful and they might help you get ahead and they might serve you in that way. But I truly do believe that just like the Bible says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and let yet lose his soul? And so if I'm truly trying to serve, if I'm truly trying to help, then I just can't leave that part out because ultimately that part is doing the greatest service to you, to me, to us collectively, I believe. And, and, and I think that that sort of attitude, that, that kind of perspective is part of why we've gotten here, part of why we find ourselves here, because we're constantly saying, keep your faith separate, keep your, your religious beliefs, your beliefs separate, because we're going to put them in silos. And as I said so many times in previous episodes. It's like, listen, life doesn't operate in silos. Life doesn't operate in, in tidy parallel lanes that just run right next to each other. Instead, it's like a spider web and that everything's intersecting. And, and it's like when we can figure out how to live life and, and how to get through all the challenges that come as a result of those intersections, when we can figure out how to navigate all of that chaos, create some sort of order around all of that chaos, it's in those places, it's in that figuring out of, of how to order chaos or how to live in ordered chaos or whatever you want to call it. It's in that, that we find the most success. And it's when we try and pretend like that chaos doesn't exist, that we find the, the least success. And I've said this lots of times. I, listen, I'm not saying that I'm perfect. I am so far from perfect. I'm not saying that I have all the right perspectives or that I have it all figured out. Absolutely not. You know, I, I keep saying this and someday I will do it, but it's like, I would prefer to do this with someone else sitting right next to me having a dialogue because of what I know and, and what I've found is it, it the, the true message that I want to convey. And, and maybe if, if you've done monologues, you feel similarly, it's like there's something missing when it's just one person sharing their opinion, because all of this stuff that we're dealing with, all the craziness that we're trying to navigate, well, maybe not all, a whole lot of it, it comes because like a few people are trying to pretend that there's no nuance in life. And sometimes when you're sharing a monologue, what, what can come across is that there's no nuance because there's no one pushing back on an idea. There's no one saying, yeah, but what about this? And how would you handle that? And, and doesn't this contradict or, or doesn't this prove what you're saying is incorrect? And it's in that dialogue. It's in that back and forth. It's in that exploration together 
that, that I think, that I believe that the true answers are found. And, and I think it's no clearer picture than, than exists than, than this. It's like, if I go to a meeting with people in our, let's say county, and it's about how do we handle the growth in our county? And what, what, how do we handle carbon emissions and all, all these different things? And I've said this before, I can be in a meeting with like 50 different people all different walks of life, all different opinions, all different religious beliefs, all different socioeconomic statuses. And yet in those meetings, people are respectful. In those meetings, people are, are kind. In those meetings, people are thoughtful. They're, they're, they're critical in a good way. And we actually get something accomplished. And then the minute that we leave those meetings, it's like so much of what we just worked for breaks down. And, and I don't know if it's because social media created the, the crap storm of not having to engage with people one-on-one -on -one or, or at least in person. And, and then because of that, we can talk behind each other's backs. We can do things behind each other's I don't know how we got there. But what I know is that part of the solution to the problem is having more in-person meetings, in-person discussions, having more, more and, and listen, not sound bites. Like if you go on CNN, or you go on MSNBC, or if you go on Fox News and you listen to somebody tell you this, this thing that they believe in a four-second or a four-minute blurb, I can promise you, you're not getting a very accurate representation of the, the totality of whatever it is they're talking. I don't care what they're talking about. Almost everything in life now has enough nuance where... You know, you probably need a three-hour conversation. And, and I've been in these meetings, right, where we're going to tackle climate change, let's say, as a region. And, and we're going to plan for 30 years for our community. And you know how many one-hour meetings we get to do it? We get like six. We're going to solve all the climate problems in our region or, or for the whole world in six one-hour meetings where everybody gets to talk for like three minutes at a time. That's a worst way to do it that I could ever imagine. What we really need is like multiple hour meetings where you have real debates and you have real experts. I even hate that word now, but people with true experience in, in the different fields to sit there and to, to, to communicate back and forth and for people to listen and to gain perspective. And then for people to make educated decisions about what it is that they want to advocate for. And it's like not hard, but we live in the soundbite generation. We live in the headline generation. We live in the, the generation where people will create headlines to articles that are completely false and completely different than the actual article that itself, just because they know that most people won't actually read the article. They'll just make a, an assumption. They'll make a determination about something based on what the headline says. And that's a really dangerous place to be. And so I think, hopefully, I'll get to have conversations with people. And, and I only bring all that up to just say that I ultimately want to talk about things that are helpful to other people, that serve other people. And, and so here, from here on out, what I'll share, and I don't know if this will be helpful to you or not, and I'm just sort of going off the cuff here, but so many people have asked us, why did you choose to go to Montana? There's all these other places. And what, what was it that you were looking for? And what, what was it that helped you determine where you would end up going and, and, and why ultimately did you decide that? And, and listen, this might turn off some people, 
but I'm just at the point now where it's like, listen, we all have to stick our flag in the ground and we all have to stand up for what we believe in. And, and I will say this, Montana, one of the things I did in the very beginning is I went state by state on the internet. It's very easy to do. You can Google search state house and state Senate makeup. Like in each state that you're interested in, what is the house and Senate made up of in terms of political parties? And I'm not going to tell you which political parties. I think all the political parties stink. But I think political parties give us the best representation, even though it's poor, of what kind of worldview or beliefs the people who are being the, the elected officials, the representatives in those areas, what, what their worldviews are like. I mean, as best as they can, right? So I went state by state. And it's like there were some states that people think are really super free and they're really great and they're going to be great for a long time. And, it, and yet when you look at sort of how their states were made up from a representative standpoint, wasn't as cut and dry as people seem to think or, or believe. And for me, it was like, I don't want to move and, and change my whole life. And I don't want to go somewhere that in five years looks just like where I'm leaving. I don't. And listen, I'm, it's so hard. I'm not here to say that where I, I live is just some awful, horrible place all the time. I mean, where I live has a lot of great things. I mean, I've lived there for almost 28 years. And it's really sad to have to go. I think there's lots of great people where I live. I think there's people trying to do the right thing where I live. But, but, the, but the momentum, the momentum that is carrying that place, this place, is a heavy momentum, in my opinion, in the complete wrong direction. And I have been standing and I have been fighting against, not in a negative way, like contending against, I should say for a long time and have made no progress. And it's like, at some point we all have to decide like how much more time and effort and energy do we want to put into something when we could put it into to something more productive somewhere else and reap substantially greater benefits. And I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about like quality of life, I'm talking about watching your kids grow up and be able to be free and not wear a thing over their face constantly. Um, and so for me, it's like I started by saying what states are represented are represented locally by whom? And then based on that, then I started to dig into and what are their economies made of? You know, in real estate, one of the things that we learn in site selection is, is so often success comes down to demographics, right? How many people are near this location and what are they made up of in terms of their education and their financial uh, status and all these different things? And, and it's because you can sort of, it's almost like the way that Facebook uses data, right, to, to provide ads to you. They know what you like. They know what you look at. They know what you buy. And so they can easily give you what, what, what they know you want in an ad. Well, it's really no different the way real estate people work, right? We know what kind of people live in a certain area. We know what they like. We know what they don't like. We know how far they're willing to drive. We know where they work. We know all these things so that then it's easier to give them what they want and need in terms of real estate. Well, when it comes to moving, it's like the same thing. It's you gotta, you gotta look and you say, what are these economies made up? Do these made up of. Do these economies do well in a recession? Do they suffer in a recession? Do, are they in industries that are growing or are they in, dis, in industries that are dying? Because like, listen, this guy that had the negative feedback for me about my, my faith and in, in how I shared in these videos, this particular person was also pretty negative uh, towards, you know, things like the free markets and capitalism. And, and it's like, hey man, listen, I get it. 
You know, there's a lot of things that have gone wrong, but I'll tell you this, if you go and you live somewhere where there is no industry, where people can't find work, where they can't get paid, that, those places stink. Those places are bad places to live where lots of bad things happen. And that's because work is good. That's because productivity is good. That's because getting paid to do something that you're good at is good. And the best places to live very often are places that have great economies, right? So you don't want to move your family somewhere where the economy is dying or where the economy is dwindling. You don't want to move yourself and your family, I don't think, to a place where, you know, in two or three years, the freedom that you think you have that you're going to can just flip-flop. And, and the best representation of that is how they're legislated, how they're governed at a local level. Because as you're seeing today, there are states that are standing up to the federal government. There's, we're seeing federalism work, at least to some degree. And so, listen, if you don't like where you live and you're trying to get away from where you live or you're thinking about moving from where you live, you, you, you probably want to think about some of those things, right? What can I do for work? How, how sure can I be in, in the sort of, I don't even want to say political climate, but the freedom climate, right? The liberty climate. For us, those were really important. For us, we homeschool. So we were also looking at what states make it easier to homeschool our kids. Listen, like, I don't know, man. I don't know how you feel, but when I see what they're teaching in the public schools, I'm sorry, that's the last place I'm going to put my kids. And I know that there's a lot of people that think I'm going to send my kids and they're going to be an example and a witness and all that. And I, that's great. I'm not saying that's a bad idea. I'm just saying it's not the idea that, that I subscribe to. The idea I subscribe to is like, listen, I think my job as a parent is to teach my kid kids, excuse me, and, and to help them grow and mature and to become equipped. So when I do release them out into this dangerous, scary, crazy world, they have the skills to succeed. And, and I think that it's very hard to do that as a parent when at that young, impressionable age, you're, you're giving them, you're setting them in the care of someone who's diametrically opposed in all likelihood to everything you believe, who spends more time with our kids than we do. So for me, like, I'm not going to do that. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't. I'm not saying that you can. I'm not saying that it's necessarily bad to. I'm just saying for us, when we were looking, it's like, where can I go that if I want to teach my kids, if I want to homeschool my kids, they're going to make it easy. I looked at where can I run my business? Listen, here's the thing. I think everyone should have a business. I really do. I know it won't happen. I know not everybody's geared towards running a business and that's cool, but I do think that everybody should run a business. Because I think it teaches you so much and gives you a different perspective and it gives you something to be motivated about and passionate about. But in my case, I looked at, listen, Washington State has no income tax, personal, or, uh, personal income tax. And people think that that's some great benefit, and it is. But you know what Washington State has? Washington State has an excise tax for businesses. So whether you make a profit in your business or not, every dollar that you bring in in revenue in Washington state is taxed. And in my case, it's taxed around 2%. So for every dollar I make, right, I got to give two cents to the state, whether I make a profit or not. And you might think, oh, that's really not a big deal. Well, listen, if you run a business and you have, I don't know, a 10% profit margin, well, if you're giving 2% of the gross revenue to the government, to your state government, um, that's a lot, right? That's like 20%. I know it's not exactly, but for simple math, it's like 20% of what profit is, okay? Because it's off the top line. And 
so I compared, I said, if I move to Montana where they have a state income tax, but they don't have this excise tax, B&O tax, at least not in the way that we do. You know what I found out? I found out that even if I pay personal income tax in Montana, because of how much B&O tax my businesses pay in Washington state, if I had the same size business in Montana that I have in Washington, I would pay less taxes even after paying personal income tax in Montana than I do in Washington. And so I'm not saying that your situation's like that. I'm not saying that, that that's the right way to think about it, so to speak. But what I'm saying is those are the kinds of things that, that I think we have to think through when we consider, is it what place is best to move? For us, we wanted four seasons. We, we, we love four seasons. We like to be able to go up to the mountain in the winter. Don't get to do it as much as we'd like to, but now we will because it's only 30 minutes away or so. We, we, we want sun in the, in the summer. So like Texas for us, it was on the list, but it's, you know, it's not really a four season place like what we would love. Uh, for us, Kalispell, why did we land in Kalispell? So if you're thinking about moving to Montana or Northern Idaho, here's what I can say. I like Northern Idaho. I think it'd be easier to make a living in Coeur d'Alene or Twin Falls. I think it's Twin Falls. Uh, because it's close to Spokane, it almost operates like one metro area. Besides that, if you're in Northern Idaho, like you basically got to come down there unless you can work remote. And for what I do, working remote's pretty tough. Coeur d'Alene's pretty. I mean, don't get me wrong. But I look at it and I say, growth in Northern Idaho is going to be tough because a lot of Northern Idaho is mountains and hills. And so when you look at infill, their land that's developable over the next 20, 30, 40, 50 years is, is pretty limited. And for what I do in real estate, that makes it tough. So I go over to Montana and, and I say, okay, so in Montana, I grew up in the high desert. I grew up in Reno at least part of my, till I was 12, okay? I don't want to live in the high desert. I don't really like the high desert. I don't like the brown. I don't like the wind. <laughs> I mean, there's great things about Reno and it's close to Tahoe, but I, so like Boise in, in Southern Idaho are kind of out for me. Utah's kind of out for me. And then even a lot of Montana's kind of out for me, right? If you go to, uh, if you go to Bozeman, it's kind of high desert, right? Even like Missoula's kind of high desert. But the kicker for me in Montana was like, we wanted water. Water is important. When you live on the sound, when you live near water, you just love, at least most of us, just love being around the water. And so it's like, well, we want water. Well, Northern Idaho has water, right? Has two huge lakes. Montana, right? The good cities in Montana, it's pretty much Kalispell. I mean, Flathead Lake is the largest lake west of the Mississippi River. It's like 196 square miles. It's huge. It's like the Puget Sound in a lot of ways, except nothing's gonna bite you, eat you, or sting you, which I'm all about. And so for us, it's like, listen, we found this place. They got great skiing in the winter. They got Glacier National Park. If you like hiking, if you like camping, they got all kinds of camp stuff. And then they got Flathead Lake. And everything in there is within about 30 to 40 minutes of each other. So when you're talking about things you can do as a family, can you, you can be outside. What a great spot. On top of that, when you look at the, the valley from Missoula all the way to Kalispell, right? There's a huge valley there. So as, as Montana and as Western or Northwestern Montana con continues to grow, there's like buildable land. There, there, there's a place, there, there's a lot of space 
for growth to take place. And I know there's just like everywhere, there's people that don't want to see growth. They don't want it in their backyard and I get it. But the reality is people got, we got to have somewhere to live. And when you have a place like Montana, when you have a place like Idaho, Texas, Florida, Tennessee growing as fast as they can, or as fast as they are, you want to have a place to house these people. You want to have a place to, to, to have those essential services. And so for me, it was like, man, Northwestern Montana, it checks literally every single box, right? A little bit milder of winters and some of the other places in, in Montana, great summers, water, mountains, camping, hiking. I mean, you name it, it's all there. Cold in the winter, for sure. If you can't handle the cold, Montana is probably not the place for you, but also has a government that seems pretty darn committed to letting people live freely, at least to the extent that they have control over it. And I think states have more control than the federal government likes us to think. And so those are some of the things that we took into consideration. And again, yours might be different and you might have a totally different worldview. You might want to be going from places that believe in freedom to, to places that believe they should be able to tell you what to do. And in, the, in your case, it's like, yeah, Washington is a great place for you. If you like the idea of having a guy in charge who for 600 or so days like gets to skip all of you know the lawmaking process and just do whatever he wants, this is a great place for you because it also has skiing and it also has beautiful summers and it's probably one of the most beautiful places in all of North America. And if you don't, and if you're okay with like not having true freedom, then Washington's probably a great place for you. Oregon might be a great place as well. California might be the best place. But most of the people who watch this or listen to this, that's probably not them. That's probably not their, what they're looking for. And so if, if you're not looking for that and you're looking more for what we were looking for, those are some of the great things, or those are some of the things I think it would be great for you to think about and consider. With that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut this off. Hopefully something I shared was helpful. It was totally different than I expected and went way longer. But like I said, that thing at the end there, uh, was just something that I decided to do off the cuff. So again, I would really like to know what it is that you think would be most helpful for me to keep talking about. Is it real estate? Is it investing? You know, is it business? Is it faith? Whatever it might be. Cause I really want to make these videos moving forward uh, with a purpose in mind. And, and that purpose is just to help you on your journey, whatever that might be, get to that next step, get to that next level. And and vice versa, because I'm always learning every day. Every day I set out to learn something. And I think that great communities are communities where people learn from each other. And that's what I want to do. Hey, and if you'd like to be a guest on the show, please let me know because I would really like to start having dialogues with people. Uh, I have to get a little bit more gear to get that set up, but I am willing to do it. I want to do it. So again, just reach out to me. Let me know if you like this video. Please smash that like button, thumbs up, whatever, wherever you're watching or listening to it. Leave a comment. Let me know what you think, whether it's agree, disagree. Hey, and if you're leaving a comment and you disagree, I'll give you a tip. If you leave me a respectful, kind comment, we can have a great dialogue. If you're rude and jerkish, then we probably won't have a dialogue at all. Because honestly, I think that what I'd like to really show people is we can have dialogues and the people that stand up and just start shouting at each other really don't have a great place at the table because nothing gets done. Like I'm not going to convince you and you're not going to convince me if we're just yelling at each other. But if we have a, uh, if we have the ability to have cool heads and have a candid 
in-depth conversation, like we might be able to change some things. We might be able to make some progress. And I think there's a lot of people doing that these days. And I hope more and more will continue to. So again, if you like the video, if you like the audio, however you're consuming it, please let me know. Uh, hit me with your comments in the comments section below, and I'll see you next time. Thanks.